Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patented half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster at GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster at Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls, driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So we're back. How was your holiday break? My holiday break was great. I got back late last night. We were abroad, so this is kind of jet lag, Margie. We didn't really have very consistent Wi-Fi. It wasn't just like my emails out of office said that. Like that was actually true. Like <laughs> it really was spotty Wi-Fi. So, you know, I feel like I'm up to date from this morning, but... I'm pretty sure it's Thursday. It's all still like when I did my intro, I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Who am I? What is the name of this podcast? Again? It is Thursday because we are recording this like right before it is actually going out. Yes. And right after the all the new House members were sworn in. That's right. Whole new Congress exciting. starts today. It was pretty exciting. Has the Senate been sworn in yet or is it just the House? I don't know. We had the House on at the office. We've had all the food baskets from everybody were, had seemingly just been opened five minutes ago. And it was just <laughs> this massive table of like nuts and cheese and salami and like blue cookies and oh, all kinds of crazy nice. stuff with like... You know, everybody watching every single person's individual, like, announcement of who they were voting for. That was what was going on today. I was wondering if if we have, if if Senator Mitt Romney is a real thing. I'm wearing my air mitts today. They're my Allbirds that I got as Romney conference swag. On the one side is his conference logo. And I'm pretty sure that at some point before I destroyed them, like, his, was like his signature printed on the side. Whoa. Yeah, man. Like Air Jordans, but for... Right of center, quasi-never-Trumpers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I do love all birds. You've convinced me. You turned me on to them, and I now have three pairs. I don't even want to – I just, like, immediately delete all emails from all birds so I don't just do something stupid. But, <laughs> I mean, Mitt Romney, I don't know how – I don't think he could write enough op-eds for me to get an all birds with his signature on them, but – you know, this was this is the like year the best, is young. Best year conference is young. swag I ever got. They're <laughs> That's comfy. probably true. Uh, so anyhow. no offense to anybody else who's given us swag. We also love that swag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how was your holiday? Uh, it was it was lovely. I stayed home. My mother and father in law came and stayed with us. We did have to take the dog Wally to the animal hospital on Christmas oh, no. night. So he was acting kind of weird during Christmas dinner, like kind of. Like licking his lips a lot, which is like a sign that something's wrong, like a, your dog's nervous or he's nauseous or something's up. And then he was kind of like making this weird bobbing motion with his head. And so my husband was like, I'm just going to take him. Like this, He's being weird enough that I don't feel comfortable with this. Right. And the doctors didn't really like you can either do like a thousand dollars worth of tests or they can be like, we think he just swallowed a treat wrong and like his throat hurts. And so here's some medicine and he'll be fine. So we gave, gave him this medicine, and like three days later, we're taking Christmas ornaments down off the mm. tree. And I notice one of the ornaments, which was shaped like 
the little <laughs> squeaky <laughs> no the squeaky toys from Toy Story ah. like the guys who get picked up by the like the claw it chooses who will stay and who will go like so we had one of the, an ornament that looked like that I don't know if he thought it was a toy but it its ear and its foot were suspiciously punctured mm. in a way that makes me think he like went to bite it and then was like oh bad move but like the glass had already so we think he ate a little bit of glass on Christmas mm. trying to eat the Toy Story ornament. Yeah, I mean, I knew somebody who had a dog who ate like a, um, what were those things? Brillo pans. Oh, yeah, bad. And the dog was just like, yep, I'm going to keep on keep on going. And I remember as a child, be, I remember being like one of the few times we had a Christmas tree as a child. My cat ate a bunch of tinsel and so just tinsel would be coming out of the cat like they're all over the house <laughs> I was like remember being really mortified as a child like my cat's gonna die <laughs> like, there's no way that can be right for that cat but you know he's well also, I was so judgy too because I guess there was another dog at the animal hospital who had eaten like one of those large Christmas light bulbs Ugh. and I was like oh man that sounds rough I'm glad Wally didn't do anything like that and Your then three days later idiot. find out like no my dog is even you're dumber a terrible do- <laughs> you're a terrible dog parent when I, I, I'm not that kind of dog parent it's like <laughs> yeah yeah so exactly. I mean the reason why Wally's name is Wally is like after the other Pixar movie with the cute robot who likes to eat trash and just wants to hold Eve's hand our Wally just wants to hold your hand and apparently also just likes yes. to eat trash. Yes. So we're, we're working on it. But That's good. Otherwise, the, the holidays were lovely. Um, I've got some resolutions, but we'll talk about that at the oh, end yeah. of the show when we get to polling about resolutions. Sure. I remember your resolution from last year. What was it? You were going to use less plastic and I was going to swear less. Oh, yes. I have used less plastic. I don't swear I, less. I, <laughs> I mean, I haven't like, t- but I mean, I've made some, I was just talking about this, that today about K-cups. I really try to not use K-cups and try not to bring, like, I've tried to bring my coffee thing even when I travel. Anyway, all right. So I'm on it. I'm still on it. I'm going to keep going with it. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, let's talk about what's coming up on the show. We're going to talk a little 2020 at first, and then the government is shut down, still shut down. It's been shut down for a couple weeks now, two weeks now, almost. We're going to talk about what the public and what government employees think about the shutdown. We'll talk a little bit about how people are feeling about President Trump as he moves into the third year of his term. We'll talk a little bit about climate change, some new polling. NBC focused heavily on, they did a climate change special for Meet the Press. So hot topic um, in the news. Then there is some amazing polling where questions that were asked in past decades have been re-asked. And you can see how does public opinion today compare to public opinion 50 years ago on things like, would you ever let your son grow long hair? Those sorts of things. <laughs> and finally, pulling on resolutions. So right. let's talk about 2020 briefly. This was a poll. I think this is, a, it's like a little bit older of a poll, but I don't think you and I have done an episode since this came out. It's the USA Today Suffolk poll of uh, 689 registered voters who are Democrats or independents Seems like kind of a strange sample for a Democrat. We don't know if they're primary voters. I mean, it's probably just self-identified D's and I's as opposed to primary voters, which yes. is a little bit of a different this is a really animal. really expansive audience. Some states have closed primaries. Remember all this fun stuff? Some states have closed primaries where only Democrats can vote. Some states, 
independents can vote or unaffiliated or you know folks who are not registered either party can vote in any party you know any party's primary et cetera et cetera this poll it's this is just this is for fun this is not really an actual approximation of what's yes. going to happen and all 2020 polls at this stage are effectively name id polls all disclaimers included prices may vary terms and conditions may apply <laughs> uh, but in this poll the winner is someone entirely new <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at like what is that? Almost sixty percent people I, saying they'd be excited about somebody if entirely. someone entirely new were to run for president. I know. I mean, I, right? So it, it, I be mean, careful what you wished for, guys, because that happened on our side last time, and now you have President Donald J. Trump. So I would I, just like to say, yeah. So I mean, look, this is, uh, and this is not about any of these candidates specifically. What's interesting about this is one, the scale is interesting. Are you? It's not like whether you vote for them or something. It's are you excited? Makes no difference. They shouldn't run, or you never heard of them. And like those things are not—they're not really totally mutually exclusive. I mean, you could never have heard about them, heard of them, but you know, I mean, look—you have never heard of somebody entirely new. So why are you excited about? That? I don't know. There's something like a little odd about that scale to me. Yeah, I mean, and also, I think you're right that these are not mutually exclusive. For example. I like Nikki Haley, so if she said she was going to run for president, I might be excited. I also think it would be a ridiculously disastrous idea for her to do right. so this cycle. So I would say she shouldn't run, but I would be ex- like, yeah. I would be torn. I would be a, a mix of emotions. Or you could say, I've never heard of them, so they shouldn't run. Then how do you answer this? Yeah, um, exactly. So, but, but in anyway, this poll, the, the, it's the, all, does it, it, the this... named candidates with the most excitement, Joe Biden gets over 50%. Excited. Uh, Bernie Sanders in second, followed by Beto O'Rourke, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren, all hovering pretty close together. Uh, My dark horse, Amy Klobuchar. I'm I'm putting it right down. That's I'm telling you right now. Margie can't comment on this, probably. But I think I'm just I'm buying I'm I'm buying I'm long Amy Klobuchar. We'll put it that way. And then uh, Hillary Clinton. Poor Hillary Clinton has a significant majority that say she should not run. We've The other big thing, in addition to a handful of folks announcing exploratory committees and what have you, is we have the government shutdown. Government shutdown on the Friday before Christmas and has not reopened. Um, and does not appear that we are any closer to a resolution because, like, the House of Representatives is not more favorable to Donald Trump than it was 24 hours ago. So... Okay, Uh, but when Huffington Post, YouGov did a poll in the two days before Christmas and and then in the two days before New Year's Eve. So this is a tough time to do polling, but they're using YouGov. So it's online polling. So you're not like trying to catch people on the phone during this difficult to poll time. So um, they asked people, do you approve or disapprove of the following group's handling of the partial government shutdown? Uh, Congress as a whole. Not not beloved. Uh, and it's gotten worse in the like week between pre-Christmas and post-Christmas. Uh, Republicans in Congress, um, they're negative 33 on disapprove. Democrats in Congress are negative 18, but actually saw a larger amount of movement between pre- and post-Christmas. Um, the only person who has slightly improved in his handling of the shutdown is President Trump. It's still negative, but it went from being negative 14 to negative 11. 
Um, and then, as always, people hate Congress as a whole, but don't mind their own representative. Uh, people say their own representative in Congress. It's only negative eight. Uh, so really, like congressional Republicans seem to be taking more of a hit than Trump, which has got to frustrate congressional Republicans since Trump said, this is my shutdown. Yeah. Like Trump <laughs> put them in this position. It so, me. Yeah. Um, and now Republicans in Congress don't have a whole boatload of power. So who knows if we're taking coming back to this poll a week from now, how it will change. Um, but it turns out that Clinton voters, much more so than Trump voters, are concerned about the shutdown. Uh, over 60 percent of Hillary Clinton voters in that poll said that they viewed the shutdown as very serious. Most Trump voters think it is not very serious. They're not that freaked out about it. It's interesting. I wonder, and this is not a critique of the question. It's just a, a, a question about the question. It calling it a partial shutdown. Both these questions say the government being partially shut down. Does adding the word partially change how people view it? Are they more likely to say it's not serious now because you told them it's a partial shutdown? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's a minor quibble. What I'm I mean, it is technically. I mean, it's accurate to call it a partial shutdown. So. I'm not saying that that's not, Mm -hmm. but does it cue people in some way? It will be hard to do exact apples to apples comparisons to the polling around the last shutdown. But during the last shutdown, which I think was October 2013, um, you know, the polls showed Republicans took a big hit on the generic ballot, but recovered almost all of that ground the next month once the shutdown ended. Um, And you also at that time, you had like the healthcare.gov exchange website rollout situation, which changed the narrative really fast away from the shutdown. But it was at the time, it looked like Republicans were paying a price for it. And then that price evaporated the moment the shutdown was over. Um, So while there's no generic ballot polling now, because we literally just had an election, I don't think there's generic ballot polling right now. Um, So it would be hard to compare apples to apples. But what is notable, I think, is that President Trump's job approval has not really dipped. Again, not a ton of data points being added to the trend line because it was the holidays. But Huffington Post pollster still has his approval at 43 percent. So it's not yet clear, even though there's plenty of polling that says people don't like the shutdown. They they don't blame Democrats for the shutdown. They think Republicans are responsible. Like Trump kind of seems like it's even if people are holding him responsible, it's like he's weirdly currently unscathed by it. Yeah, I, I you know, I would be interested. I don't think I've seen this question. Maybe somebody's asked this. As far as you know, how many times has the government been shut down in the last year or the last two years or the last five years? Like, I think there'd be that may be worth seeing just to see. I mean, it would be hard for people to get that exactly right because I had to, to be following. It because there have been a handful of these shutdowns where it, like, it was 12 hours and like no one noticed. Congress was done. There was a shutdown in the 80s because everyone had left town to go to fun- like a fundraiser in New York and they just forgot to keep the government open. So see, things can always get worse. <laughs> <laughs> or have been worse in the past. You know, Human progress is an amazing thing. <laughs> well, I mean, but, so do people remember, or do they think that there are more shutdowns than there used to be? You know, those kinds of questions I haven't seen in any of these public polls. Maybe somebody's asked me. I think that'd be 
interesting because obviously whenever we've had these shutdowns, there's been a conversation, will this affect the election and the consensus at the time, even before the post-shutdown conversation happens, people think, well, it won't it, it won't matter. I mean, people will ask this. I'm sure you've been asked this, like, what is this going to mean for X, Y, and Z election in the future? And the answer is usually not much because people won't necessarily remember it. But there is this growing sense that the government is becoming more dysfunctional. Obviously, that's something that people really do feel this sense that there's a lot of shutdowns is really, you know, is part of it, even if they may not remember the exact number of shutdowns. Federal employees, though, this poll that um, came out around the holidays, uh, I think by the magazine, government executive, perhaps, uh, government executive survey, um, a majority, a very clear majority of federal employees oppose the shutdown. Um, um, Even among yeah, I mean, support for the shutdown by party. I mean, there is quite a big party divide. This is quite interesting. We have more Republicans opposing the shutdown and Democrats and independents supporting the shutdown, which I found a little interesting. I am not going to lie. This feels like the chart mm. is miscoded, right? There's. I started, there I started up in my mouth and I was like, z- wait, something's not right here. Nope, there's a 0% chance. Because look, because it, it wouldn't make sense that the opposition is so high. So this something's wrong here. Yeah, it's All, it's switched. It's got to be switched. I think it has to be switched. Blue is support, red is oppose. But if oppose overall is seventy percent, then it does not make sense that Democrats and Independents majority support and Republicans are evenly divided. Okay. Well, we're, you're hearing us talk we're through here. a chart error. We're here. We're here. To, we're here to proof this check is your great charts. Podcasting. Great podcasting. Live guys. proofreading of. Oh, what's that? Did they update it? Oh, oh, they've updated it. Somebody caught it. Okay. Producer Richard. Real time, real time editing. They have heard us from the studio. And we have English. such. We have those magical powers. I would love to know, just as a sidebar, what is the partisan breakdown of federal government employees. Like, I suspect that the Republican subsample is kind of small. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But that's- well, they do. I mean, they do include the military here. I mean, but, and you don't see that many differences. But- sure, sure. Um, I, I'm just, I'm wondering, like, overall, yeah. what percentage of federal employees are, kind of in the way that people do these polls where they're like, oh, look, only 8% of journalists are Republicans or only... Five percent of college professors. Like, I wonder what the percentage actually is for federal government employees. Well, we should I'm be able curious. to eyeball it since they have they don't have the exact numbers, but they have. Yeah. So we should be able to calculate, which we will probably not do. No, <laughs> we should be able. Well, you can now that it's corrected. Go figure it out <laughs> if you're desperate to know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's fascinating that on the one hand, Trump's approval has not really taken a hit, and on that uh, that YouGov poll. Trump is not held primarily responsible for the or like that question was about do you approve or disapprove of how they have behaved during the shutdown or of their actions during the shutdown. Trump is like doing better than Democrats and Republicans in Congress. And yet in the Reuters Ipsos poll, 47 percent of adults think Trump is responsible for the shutdown. Thirty three percent blame Democrats in Congress. 7% 7% blame congressional Republicans. So it's this weird contradiction. Like people disapprove most of congressional Republicans, but are the least likely to say they're primarily responsible, but also don't like the shutdown. 
I, I mean, public opinion is a rich tapestry of contradictions. Well, I mean, it probably, you know, their views toward how they view Trump, Republicans in Congress, Democrats in Congress, that's probably more static, right? And the blame maybe has a little bit more. Well, we've fluidity. had a million polls on this show that have shown Republicans don't like Republicans in Congress, right? But like Trump quite a bit, so that ex- explains some of that differential, right? And we're in the middle of this transition from the old Congress to new Congress, so yep. who knows how that's having an effect? We do not. There's no, can't really tease that out from this. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees, and it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google/certificates. Now, just a quick, uh, quick sidebar. So, uh, quick dip into a, like a. a topic that we have talked about from time to time on this show, but that got a lot of attention over the holidays because Meet the Press did a full show devoted exclusively to it is climate change. Um, The Yale Program on Climate Change Communication in partnership with the George Mason Center for Climate Change Communication has done some polling um, where they find that 70 percent of Americans think global warming is happening. Um, 57% think that it is caused by humans. 66% say it is a serious problem that needs action now, which is an increase of 15 points since 1999. It's pretty cool that they've been doing that polling um, ever since then. Uh, there are n- not huge differences between urban and suburban voters on this. Uh, 69% of urban voters, 68% of suburban voters say this is a serious problem that needs action. Um, But there are big partisan differences. Um, You have seen Democrats have increased in their belief that we need to do something about climate change by 42 points since 99, up to 71%. Independents, it's increased by 22 points, up to 47%. So still below half among independents. Republicans, it's only 15%, and there has been no change since 1989. So... <clears throat> careful listeners of the show may have heard me say that many, many years ago when I first started in this field, which was in the mid to late 90s, that views toward climate change were not very partisan. They were, you know, they were far more consistent across party lines that that's a recent phenomenon that's become so partisan. You can really see that here. I mean, that's a real, that really tells you that pattern. I mean, we see Gallup, tra- other folks have tracked it, but that is really, really stark difference. What I wonder, I don't know from these, one of these slides has the word global warming. And if they have long time tracking, they probably use the word global warming. And now people use more climate change in their surveys. I don't know if you found, I know you've done a lot of work on this. You know, there is some difference depending on how, what phrase you use. And But, you know, if you're tracking something for a long time, you want to have that consistency of the word, even if the language itself changes a little bit, kind of like gun control. We've talked about gun control a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, Some I think worth looking at. I know that Yale, I think this is the same website. I'm pretty sure that Yale has a really extensive place to go review all kinds of public polling about climate change. I mean, they're a real resource, right? It's the Yale group yeah, that has that. Um, the, it's Anthony Lizette. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his last name. Lazirowitz. He was he was on real time with Bill Maher with me, and I've I've been at conferences with him, and he runs their center and is really focused on like trying to 
deeply unpack. Like they've done a cool cluster analysis of like the seven different types of people on climate change. And and that there's like a very, very small portion that's like this is a hoax and is hostile about it. But that there's just like a larger portion, especially on the right, that's just kind of like eh. like they're they're not all like. Oh, this is a hoax being perpetuated by, you know, globalist for like there's a piece of America that's like that, but most of the Republicans are more just kind of like disinterested and like eh this seems it, it, the topologies are a really cool way to think about how public opinion breaks down on this. Yeah. So speaking of changing question wording over time, this is like I think my favorite segment on the show today. I've been waiting all show to get to this. Uh, our friends at the Huffington Post pollster and YouGov have taken some poll questions from decades gone by and re-asked them to see how have American views changed. So, 80-year-old poll question. Do you approve of a married woman earning money in business or industry if she has a <laughs> husband capable of supporting her? In 1938... 78% of people said they would disapprove of a married woman earning income if she had a husband. That has decreased <laughs> to 8%. Wow. Now, it's not that I doubt the other 92%, but I also think that this is a change in what you think is socially desired. Now, that's still interesting, but some, I mean, I still think there's been movement. That I said, would love the inverse question. The would you approve of a married woman opting to not earn ooh. money in business or industry if she has a husband capable of supporting her? I would like to know, would America be okay with me being a stay-at-home dog mom? Because <laughs> I really like spending time <laughs> with my dog. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not leaving Echelon. I'm just saying, I'd be curious. What would public opinion be? Like, should Kristen, if she has saved up enough money... Would it be socially acceptable for her to be a stay-at-home dog mom? Or is that like extreme late capitalism, millennial <laughs> indulgence horror show? A hundred percent of Wally. <laughs> Even like glass tummy Wally would be like, yes. <laughs> Please stay at home and give me head scratches all Please day. Please stay at home and make sure I don't eat glass. <laughs> um, how long? Oh, 70 years ago. Uh, some people say that the United Nations should be made into a government of the entire world with power to control the armed forces of all nations, including the United States. Huh. Do you think this is a good idea or not such a good idea? 39% of people in 1948 thought that was a good idea. It has decreased to 11%, just FYI. World government, not popular these days. 65% now say not a good idea. And government of the entire world. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. How people answered 60-year-old poll questions. Suppose you won $2,500 on a quiz show with the tax already taken out, but the provision was you had to spend it. You couldn't invest it or save it. What things on the list would you be most apt to spend money for? In 1958, people were really into spending money on their house. Uh, 42% said that that's something they would pick. Vacation and travel second at 27% and furniture at 25 So people really focused on their houses back then. Uh, nowadays, 
not so different. Um, vacation and travel is number one at 36%. Not a huge bunch of changes except kitchen appliances seems more popular now. Education, less popular. Television, more popular now. What about hi-fi? Hi-fi is the same. <laughs> What's the name of the place in Tacoma Park? Urban Hi-Fi? There's a hi-fi. It's a place, of course, in Tacoma Park. <laughs> Urban hi-fi. Love TK. Okay. <laughs> it has like one like artisanal wooden radio in the in the window. <laughs> uh fifty year old poll question. Coming to you live from nineteen sixty eight. Would you forbid a teenage boy of yours to grow long hair? America was split fifty fifty back then. Nowadays, eighty five percent say you grow your hair long. Hmm. You do you. So Long hair. Well, that was big. I mean, this nineteen sixty. Yeah. I mean, that was you know, it's a big time of hair change. Are there particular hairstyles? Like you know, there's okay, long hair. That's like a rebellious thing. Maybe having a mohawk. That's a rebellious thing. Like, what is rebellious hair today? Is there rebellious hair? Um, Am I that far out of touch with like the kids these days that there is some kind of rebellious thing you can do with your hair or clothes to tick parents off? Like. Like, I don't think tattoos and piercings are as controversial now. Like, I, I think it's probably the degree. I mean, be you know, there are big, you know, I think, ha- you know, having a tattoo is not controversial. Having, you know, a beard is not controversial. Having long hair as a man, no, not controversial. But I think sort of taking them to a degree that is more farther than what your parents are used to is probably something that. Some would find. It, they might say no in a survey. I would not allow that. Uh, 30-year-old poll question. Do you think using drugs for enjoyment is generally a good thing or a bad thing? In 1988, 98% of people said recreational drug use was bad. Nowadays, it's only 59%. There's a significant portion that says no opinion now. No one was really saying no opinion back in 1988. The war on drugs was... Public opinion was yeah was behind it. Yep, this has changed. This just changed. This just changed all on its own. Like this was, you know, it just. I remember like doing a presentation showing this, and I was like, "Hey, look, these numbers are just moving. There's no concerted campaign. It is just happening all by itself. Like the numbers were changing. This is before we had sort of." Legalized marijuana in a lot of states, but um, but it, this just changed all by mm-hmm. itself. Uh, another dramatic shift from 1988. Do you look forward to an airplane flight as a pleasant experience, something you have to tolerate, Ugh. or do you think of it as an unpleasant experience? 58% of people in 1988 were like, I look forward to getting on an airplane. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't think... I have... I mean, look, I was pretty young in 1988. I don't want to say how old, but I was not that old. I was not flying on a lot of airplanes that I remember. Did you look forward to going on an airplane? No. No. I mean, well, I think I was too young to remember what plane flights were like in 1988, even if I had been on one. But I I mean, I guess I, I would pick something you have to tolerate. Well, people used to get dressed up. I mean, I don't know. But it wasn't this... 
complete horror show that it is right now. I'm yeah. sure the person who sat in front of Beckett yesterday at the air at, on the seven hour, eight hour flight we were on is not looking forward to being on a plane <laughs> any time soon because he was doing a lot of kicking and I was doing a lot of use pointless redire- redirecting as it's called. Redirecting? Yeah. Uh, Would you like to color instead of kick that man for the 50th time? That's the name of a parenting strategy. Yeah. How about now? Would you like to color? Oh, no, you still want to kick? Yeah, so that was like that. (laughs) The last time I was on a plane, I watched- You're like checking the the map. You're like, oh, it's still seven hours and 43 minutes. Oh, how about now? Oh, great. (laughs) The clock is moving so slowly. (laughs) Our little icon over the Atlantic. (laughs) I know. Move faster. That was terrible. Move faster. I like planes because I get to watch movies and read books. I get to watch- first 90 minutes of Crazy Rich Asians on my last flight, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I so, watched Ocean's 8. That was good. I that was like pretty, Ocean's I mean, 8 it's, a lot. you know, it's kind of, it, I mean, it's, it's not. It's, Did you see the twist coming? I mean. They weren't just stealing one necklace. No, that was dumb. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> I mean, there was just all these things. You're like, come on. Like the whole, I mean, it's, it's, you just have to suspend all of it. But at least it passed the Bechdel test, which is not what I could say for any other of the like 800 movies I watched, you know, on the plane. Yeah, Rob's Crazy like, Rich Asians does not I was pass like, the Bechdel the, test. I was like, come on. How, like, are you kidding not me? Totally. There's like a woman on screen for five seconds. You know, I mean, there's just like a. Anyway, I'm all caught up. Uh, Anne Hathaway is transcendent in Ocean's Eight, by the way. Like her just embracing being the villain is yeah perfection. Right, she's just embracing what people don't think they don't like about. Speaking of the women folk having power, do you think your next door neighbor would vote for a woman (laughs) for president? In 1998, only 33 percent of people said yes, and nowadays only 46 percent of people say yes. Hmm. So that's still below half think that their next door neighbor would vote. For a woman for president. And we know that people increasingly live in more politically homogenous areas. So this isn't necessarily people being like, well, you know, these sorts of questions are a good way to get at things people would know are socially unacceptable to say is their own view. But like, yeah. So. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. There's a ton of other things here. I just picked out sort of the more culturally the ones that I thought were interesting. Um, but there's some, there's a lot of political ones in here, too, about economic growth and foreign policy. And uh, so check it out for sure. OK, last but not least, New Year's resolutions. Uh, NPR, PBS, NewsHour, Marist poll. Man, that's a lot of slashes and acronyms in one poll. You guys should, like, come up with some kind of unified, you know, like, trunk. But not like, <laughs> but, but not like trunk. Not trunk. Just come up with something else. That's a mouthful, guys. You know, the, 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 like the people who came up with Trunk are like, see, it, it was sticky. Like, it was sticky. Trunk. People are still using it. People God. are still saying it. <sighs> okay. They're in their poll. Many Americans are more optimistic than pessimistic about the world in 2019. 60% more optimistic, 37% pessimistic. They've become increasingly positive. Since 2011, when 54% reported optimism, that's not a huge change. But although it surprises me, I guess, considering that there was a lot of poll over the last two years that showed people were like doom and gloom. Yeah. So um, for those who are pessimistic, 
They feel this way because of politics. But this is shared by Democrats, Republicans, and independents alike. If you're a Republican, you could be like, oh, Speaker Pelosi, no. But if you're a Democrat, you're like, oh, we still have two more years of Trump, no. So there's plenty of things for everybody to be upset about. Um, what are Americans resolving to do? Uh, 44% of Americans said that they were likely to make a New Year's resolution. And their most common resolutions are exercising more, 13%. That's why Peloton Digital keeps aggressively advertising to me. Yeah. You know, it, they're not going to get me. Margie's their best advocate. And despite your repeated pleas, I am still not motivated enough to be like, yep, It's okay. It's not for everybody. Yep, I would it's not do for it. everybody. I get it. Uh, quitting smoking, 12%. One in 10 vow to lose weight. 9% say they will eat healthier. 9% say they will be a better person. Um, Margie, do you have any new resolutions this year? I mean, I think the plastic one, I think, is still good. That still, I think, holds up. I mean, I, I want to focus a little bit on being a little more patient. Maybe I should try to work on some of my patience. Although, ultimately, <laughs> maybe I should just stick to straws. <laughs> Stick to coffee and coffee cups and straws and like set myself up for success. <laughs> See, I feel so bad because there are some coffee establishments I go to that I know they have changed their straws to be compostable. Yeah. And they're not the same. And I'm like, this is better for the environment. But I miss my whole straw. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so conflicted. We have silicone straws. We I've moved to less plastic and toothbrushes. And, you know, I don't use, I try not to use the, you know, too many single serving bottles and cups. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but you can't just, you know, I've seen like these videos where they have like, I went without using any garbage for a month. I, it's just not. I, I mean, I don't know how that'd be so hard to do. Yeah. But um. But I. I try. I try not to. You know. I try to like the things that we buy at food to get like larger sizes that are not in any kind of convenience thing, so you don't have to have like get rid of so much plastic, like, like even cheese sticks. I mean, those kinds of things. I know. Oh no, yeah. but that's good because like plastic's not going anywhere. Yeah. So I. Those are and my small. libertarian friends are always telling me like what a racket recycling is that they're like it's actually worse for the environment than just throwing it away. I mean, then I can you know that depends from place to place. I mean, what I should do is try to do more pick up my composting habit again, but that that's that's always been a little bit of a failure. Anyway, so that's I think a good one. What I thought was funny about this particular thing is that they said Americans are pretty good at keeping their resolutions. Among those who made a resolution for 2018, two thirds said they kept their resolution for at least part of the year. I mean, what is that measure? Part of at least part of the yeah, year. Yeah, I had the swear jar for January, and then February was a trash month, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to let it fly. Really fun though. Found the swear jar with the cash still in it. All right. I'm when I was like, cleaning out the closet yeah. to get my Christmas party supplies out, it was this mason jar with like fifty bucks in it. Because we, so we had the, the penalty was really high per swear. So uh, that was a fun surprise. This year, my resolution, I have a, I have a few. The first is I want to be a better gift giver. Oh, I'm terrible uh, at giving I'm gifts. I'm the worst. I forget to send birthday cards I'm and things to people. So I'm going to start, Margie, you're my first beneficiary of this. I think I, I already Instagrammed this, but now I'm remembering to no, give it to you. No, that's a real thing? Oh, that's so nice it's, of you. It is an alternative facts uh, notebook. Yes. And <laughs> don't worry, lefties. 
The royalties are donated to ProPublica, so don't worry. There you go. They're reclaiming it. That I is fantastic. There are there's that like the five love languages thing. Yeah. And like gift giving is one of the love languages that not is not for me. Not me. No. Like I'm I don't My but, husband is great at it. Yeah. Well I I am terrible. I'm terrible at it because I don't I, now, and gifts it, aren't like my thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I would much rather, my love language, like, yeah. if any of you all would like to know, <laughs> Kristen's love language, uh, it's acts of service and words of affirmation. <laughs> Our so, downloads are now like a billion, okay? They went from like <laughs> like five. Sweet, <laughs> nice things at me. <laughs> to people be like, oh, and finally this show is really on to something. <laughs> <laughs> but I have lots of friends who I can tell that like gifts are probably their love language because they're very good at giving gifts and they're really into it. So I'm like, I'm going to be better at that this year. If I'm out and about and I'm in Target and I see something that I think a friend would like. Oh, that's nice. Doesn't even have to be. I'm going to, I like want to, I feel like I want to bring brightness to people's days that's through good. consumerism. That's so, good. <laughs> or, or through making pepper jam. Yes, that's no, more that's it. Good. Like that's I'm going to be pushing, like I'm going to be pushing homemade jams on people a lot. Yeah. So, Over the holidays. So my sister-in-law like, gets really into the holidays, like, and really into, like, Santa and Christmas and for the kids. And there were six little kids. And, you know, the older ones are now, like, they know that Santa's not really a thing. And Beckett. Margie, trigger a warning. What are you what talking about? listening to with kids in the car? What are you talking about? What kid is also, still awake after listening to the pollsters? There is a Kurt Russell Netflix movie oh, that I've begs to differ, that. Margie. I've seen that. Lifetime I've seen believer. the first five minutes and it's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> no. And so, um, and, but so Beckett was so, he was like the number one, like, adopter of, um, the uh of santa like he was just so excited he's like mommy santa's the best how did he know i like pirates and socks like he was just like is it magic i mean no, he was it's just micro targeting <laughs> santa's like, been working with cambridge like, analytica to find out exactly his how to brain manipulate. was blown he was just blown and he just kept like asking every day he's like does how would santa if we were at home we don't have a chimney how would santa like it was just like full-on santa mania he, like is he like csiing it like he's like how no, is this or no. he's just basking in the wonder yes oh that's so great yes oh yeah Beckett. yeah before don't yeah. listen to this show beckett don't worry Santa's don't weird. worry he'd be like is this <laughs> only if it was a soundtrack to escaping through the airport at <laughs> top speed <laughs> then maybe he'd be listening can i can i listen to i run from throughout terminal a <laughs> with no one behind me <laughs> then sure <laughs> anyway um i haven't really read jet lag margie is just not fully prepared but um that's okay. There's not a ton. This is the end of our polling for this week. Welcome to 2019, where it's otherwise known as the beginning of 2020, with our 2020 polling, which Buckle we're going to continue everybody. to have, I'm sure, most weeks. And great, interesting polling on climate change and also on the climate change here in Washington coming up, um, which we'll see in the next few weeks. And then for your news resolution... Maybe you should make a resolution to listen more pollsters. Tweet at us your resolution. You can find us on Twitter at, at the pollsters, individually at, at Margie O'Mero and at Casel DeSanderson, www.thepolsters.com or on Facebook. Thanks. Bye.